All right, guys. Welcome back in to the Flag Hunting Podcast. My name is Chris, and as always, I am joined by Ian. And Ian, it's Daytona week, and no better week to have on a Daytona regular in Skybox NASCAR, Mark Harris. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Dude, it's Daytona week. How could you not be more (laughs) fired up? I mean, second podcast of the year, first guest appearance. I'm fired up. I love coming on with you guys. My two favorite, well, I about just said a big fat lie. I was going to say my two favorite sports, NASCAR and golf. Uh, but here in a couple weeks when the players comes in town, it will absolutely, absolutely be my second favorite sport. But 500 weekend, hadn't, not going to think about reality until Monday morning. Could not be more fired up. And that's the exact reason why we have you on. And we're going to talk all things Daytona in a little bit. But I do want to lead in uh, with obviously some some preseason information here, right? So we we had a worm on uh, last week for the waste management. We did a little 20-minute segment at the end and kind of talked about some features and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of want to throw that back at you, right? Get a little bit, give our listeners a little bit of different tastes, um, outside of me and worm. Um, so how, what, what's the futures market looking for you? Is there anything from a 2024 season outlook that you just really felt like you need to jump on, or are you just not that kind of person to tie tie up your money for the whole year? I used to be, when I say used to be, I mean like the last three years or four years straight, a huge futures guy. I wanted all the wins, props over unders i wanted you know three or four championship guys that i thought were going to be really fast i I was all over the championship market uh but last year when ryan blaney was whatever hellacious number he was at 40 to one a couple weeks before the championship and i got everybody and their mother getting down on him and i'm sitting over here with like my six you know i got my four free bets and my two championship bets and only like Two of them are even alive, or even have a chance at being alive. I'm like, you know what? Something's got to change. So I do have some futures bets. I have two futures bets, but I will absolutely be looking to add late. And I'm not opposed to adding, you know, early in the season, mid season, you know, once we get into race eight or 10 and we see guys that, you know, they got the juice. We'll see how the Toyota body is, the Ford body is. We'll see if, you know, Chevy's notebook lines up to what it was. The last few years, um, I, I'd, I would rather I'm going to save the bulk of my money for futures for probably at least April or May. And but there were two bets that absolutely I could not turn down. And number one is Ty Gibbs to win a race. He's over. He's his, his lines at a half. And it's it was minus 120 when I took it on Caesars a few weeks ago. It was it would have been the third week in January. I got it posted in our discord. And I, I, I wanted to put X amount down, and then I tried to put the next level down of that. And then I finally got down on about a little over half of what I wanted to get down on it. But I'm still down on it. I think Ty Gibbs, Tyrone Gibbs, Tyler Giblets is going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. I think that Toyota is going to have the juice. We saw it in the clash, even though I didn't get to watch it. Gibbs was incredible. Not that it means anything when we go to Daytona especially all the super speedways and when we go even to mile and a half and even other short tracks, there's really nothing uh, you can take except for momentum and maybe a a smidge here and there for Martinsville or maybe a Richmond or something like that, maybe a Wilkesboro. But I think Ty Gibbs is a hell of a wheel man. His first race, I'll never forget, his, his first race in the Xfinity Series was the Daytona Road Course. And I'm like, who's this silver spoon nerd? I'm going to take Daniel Hemrick in a matchup. I put way too much money on it. Uh, he ended up winning the race. I don't know if he won the race, but 
He smoked Daniel Henrik. It wasn't even close. And I've hated him ever since. But last year really opened my eyes. A lot of the speed rankings that this guy had uh, at a lot of different types of tracks, I think you know his. it'll be his second and a half season uh, under his belt. And, and I think the Toyotas are going to be fast. I'm really high on Denny Hamlin. I'm really high on Ty Gibbs. I'm really high on Joe Gibbs in general. If you can find a good number for them to win the championship, I'm down on that. Make sure it's a good number. I don't even know what numbers are out there. I haven't looked uh, or don't remember looking. So it didn't really stand out to me. But I think Ty Gibbs to win a race is a steal I, at minus 120. I know that there's some books out there offering minus 180, minus 165. I wouldn't sniff that with a 10-foot pole. But I would I would take it in the minus 130, minus 140 range. I understand a lot of people out there don't like to tie up their money you know, for the whole season. But in my eyes... This is a no-brainer bet. So I, I'm sorry if I just stole the show 30 seconds in, but Ty Gibbs to win a race is my favorite futures. I do have a championship bet future, which which we can get into, but Ty Gibbs over a half a win is my favorite bet preseason, hands down. Yeah, no, I love it. You're 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 speaking my language. Ian, I know Ian's over there like nodding his head because we've talked about this bet I think for two three weeks in a row now. Um, Let's but go. It's, it's it's funny, right? Because it doesn't seem so bold now, like what we just, after what we just saw from the clash, but like, you know, before the clash, you know, I, I came on wanting to like, Oh, I got a bold prediction. Ty Gibbs going to win two races this year. And then now it's like, Oh, uh, is it really bold anymore? I don't even know if it's bold anymore. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, uh, I, I didn't bet the tie over a half. Um, but that was gonna be one of my bold predictions was that he was going to win two races. And I was actually going to push it further and say, he's going to win two races before the all-star break. I, I really, I, I, I think he's, I agree with you. Like, I think what we saw from him last year is one of the more impressive rookie seasons we've seen in a while. Like for the last, it seems like ever since the COVID break, right. Where we don't have practice anymore. We see rookies come in and, and really struggle. You know, we, we've seen the likes of Cindric and um, Gregson and uh, you know, all these other guys come in and really not be able to just place their foot forward just as quick as Ty Gibbs did. But Ty Gibbs, man, he, he really shows showed himself last year, especially the road courses. Like if he doesn't get a win in a road course this year, I think that's going to be the real shocker. Um, so totally agree. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. And, and I, I like the point where you said he doesn't really have a weakness, right? I think the weakness, I mean, maybe super speedways, right? Is that probably the only place we really don't see him? But other than that, does that really matter, right? If you're fast at intermediate short tracks and and uh, road courses, that's 90% of the schedule. So I, I, I just – sorry, sorry, Mark. No, go ahead, go ahead. I just have a question about the minutia of these kind of over-under season long things because I know you're, you've been a lot more involved than the, maybe anyone else in the community. I know when I was up there in Ponte Beach or last, uh, last March, we watched Sammy Smith get it done. Uh, I believe it was in yeah, Phoenix or Vegas. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, yeah, maybe. Passed you uh, an over one half. So is it one of those things where books are going to hold your money till the end of the season like they do an NFL like win, like season long oh, yeah. win totals? Oh, okay, yeah, you're so toast. They- you're toast. <laughs> So you put 10K down on season-long win totals. You're not seeing that money win or lose until November. The first week in November is when that money hits your account, and I did not withdraw it fast enough. Let me tell you something about that. I put a little bit on it on the championship race, some matchups, had some fun, but uh, yeah. I could not get that money in my account fast enough, that Sammy Smith bet. Now, it was heavy juice, which that's that's the risk you're running with some of these you know win prop bets is unless you're taking unders or you're taking like a crazy line on like an under two or under one and a half on Chase Elliott, two and a half, like you're, you're getting shitty odds. I mean, you're, you're not getting any plus money odds. So it's really not that flashy, but it's just like anything else. If you're not willing to lose it in the gambling space, then don't bet it. 
right? And if you don't want to tie up money for what is it, nine months out of the year, then that's fine. I'm not going to, I don't care. You know, that's your own prerogative, but you know, I just, when there's, when there's lines that are out there that are just screaming at me in the face, I mean, like that Ty Gibbs bet, the first second I laid my eyes on it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. The the second I land in Indiana, that's getting bet to, to all hell. So yeah. I, I just, I wish hard rock. So we're down in Florida. I, I wish hard rock, you know, had a little bit more options to play with but at least we got you know at least we get we got what we got we got a couple head-to-heads season longs which none of them really caught my eye uh but anyway yeah i i, I think the ty gibbs i mean tie the money up just don't think just bet yeah yeah i, I knew chris was gonna agree with that the, the minute you mentioned ty gibbs name and, and the word over um and if you guys want to like maybe go back into like some of his past results in xfinity he actually has shown some successes here. He's won in Atlanta. Uh, I believe he came like in, I believe he came runner up at Talladega in 2022. I'm pretty sure Atlanta was the Super Speedway at that point in time, just two years ago. So, um, you know, take what you want. That 54 car was was on another level uh, in the Xfinity series, but um, it's not like he's got he. It's not like he's you know shown absolutely nothing in, in the lower series um, on those type of tracks. So I was at that Atlanta race, by the way. It was painful because I had Ryan Sieg. So pain. Oh yeah, I feel like that's like the the day that hits is the day the entire community just retires because like Gosh. everybody I see is on him in Xfinity at Dagger or Daytona or Atlanta. I mean the books the books hang him at thirty five to one, forty five yeah. to one. I mean what are you not going to take Ryan C? I mean he's been he he's up there. You know if he doesn't wreck, he's up there. I get yeah. it. I get it. One more th- one more thing on Ty Gibbs. So uh, Ryan at iFantasy Race did a year over year speed ranking. So he took all of his speed rankings from all the races and put them in a, like a power index, I guess, like a, a year long speed ranking. And he's got 2022 and 2023. So in 2022, obviously Ty Gibbs didn't do the full season, but he was 27th in total speed ranking last year. He was 12th and he got the full season under his belt. You know, he was, he was, you know, rookie of the year contender. Maybe he won it. I don't, he had to have won it. I think he had but it, yeah. Point being is he chopped his number in half, and I don't know if he's going to chop 12 in half, but I absolutely expect him to be a top 10 car on speed all year long. Absolutely, hands yeah. down. And and one one more thing. I know Chris probably wants to chime in as well, but um, if we're kind of looking forward, not, not just over like the term of the season-long win perspective, but if we're just looking forward at like future races coming up this spring, I know last year – you know, like we saw Ryan Priest like dominate the clash for all intents and purposes for a lot for a large portion of that race. Probably should have won the clash last uh, last fall. Books hung him at Martinsville, the first Martinsville race. I think it was fifty to one at open, right? So like, I, I think we should be really taking notice. I know Warren mentioned it uh, on our show last week, where like Ty Gibbs was up by like he was destroying that field under Green uh, for for a large part of that clash race. And if Books don't recognize that and show the proper respect at Martinsville, like that might. Uh, be a real, real nice angle to take if um, you know if they just look strictly at maybe past results at, at that particular track. Weren't you the guys that got me to bet Ryan Priest to win the poll at the first Martinsville? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude. That, I want to say that that was. I feel like it was more than fifty to one, but whatever it was was a crazy, crazy cash. And the only reason I was on it was because you fuckers. So. Yeah, that what a great bet. And my my quick take on you know taking from the clash and going forward. Yes, Ryan Priest sat on the pole. He had some bad you know uh, pit stop or whatever penalty and went to the back. And it's so hard to pass at Martinsville, but that was really the only other place that he was fast. So I get your point, but also at the same time, I, I just don't think I 
yes, when we get to Martinsville, yeah, I think it's worth the conversation. But anywhere else, I just I don't think you could use it. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's it's really just a one to one for me because that's like yeah, the sure. only real like comparable that you can really draw from the class. Sure. Now, I mean, if if the over if y'all if y'all's prediction hits and Ty Gibbs wins in the first month of the season, all of a sudden we're not going to see the value on him at Martinsville, right? He's going to be 18, 16, 14 to one every single week. So it'll be just kind of something to monitor if maybe he gets off to a slower start, some reverence point to draw back from. Um, Once again, sorry, Chris, I have one more thing to say about Ty Gibbs. So I saw that good. Ryan at <laughs> winTheRace.info was actually on Ty Gibbs under. Yeah. And uh, you know, a little so bit because of the, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit because of the number, right? It was a juicy number. It was nice. You know, he hasn't won. I get it. Young kid, you know, there's a lot of horsepower, a lot of assets in the Joe Gibbs camp. I understand that there's, you know, I asked somebody this the other day, do you think there's enough resources to go around, enough speed to go around the entirety of Joe Gibbs racing? And their answer was yes. And I I think the answer is also yes. However, Ryan's point and maybe Greg's point too, but Ryan's point was there's going to be plenty. If Ryan, if Ty Gibbs is what we think he is, there's going to be plenty of time to win money on him throughout the season. So, you know, why tie your money up? Why lay the, the minus 120, minus 130? I understand that argument, but I also at the same time think it's so free to just lay the juice, take the, take the play. Yeah. yeah and, and, uh, oh God, I had another point and I think I lost it. Oh no! See what we oh, did again. I don't. No, no, I was gonna say. Okay, no, it came back. It came back. I do like also take to take something else from the clash. Uh, the fact that he stood up to Joey Logano after the race. Did you guys see that? Like Joey Logano was willing to like chase him to his holler and tell him like you're not gonna race me like that. Trying to play the whole vet card, and Ty was like, "I'm gonna do what I want. Like, who are you? Like, you know, I, I'm actually you uh, from ten years ago. So." <laughs> <fuck off." laughs> Lord, definitely. Love. <laughs> I can't wait for that to come back to a head at Martinsville on the final restart when we have fucking Ty Gibbs out riding. He's uh is right behind him because you know it's gonna come back at some point. But uh but I, I do like also the fact just talking about like season long win totals in general, particularly for like some of the lower tier guys, or I guess like guys that are set at you know one and a half or point five. I, I like the fact that with guys like Ty, you have like that bankable like specialist kind of angle with him like where it doesn't matter if he's you know 25 to 1 at an intermediate the first intermediate we go to like when we get to a road course with his history extensive history at xfinity that what he's shown so far in the cup series like he's going to be like you know one of the three or four favorites probably in a given week so you kind of always have that to fall back on even if the progression doesn't maybe quite uh materialize at the mile and a half that like like we would expect or the short tracks maybe like we expect but um you kind of i think we're all kind of on board with with him at the, at the road courses and it's amazing that I hated his guts. I know hate is a strong word. I hated his guts. It got to a point where I didn't even want to bet on him. I wanted to fade him. And now it's like, well, you got you, you to gotta recognize real, you know? Yeah, 100%. All right, so now that we uh, did a soliloquy on Ty for the last 15 minutes, I do want to see, <laughs> Mark, do you, have a, do you have a bold prediction? I do have a bold prediction, and I, I pondered this one uh, for a little bit, but – the team that I kept coming back to was Legacy Motor Club, and God, I'm not gonna. Mark. I'm so glad I invited you on tonight. This is this is just great. Let's go. <laughs> We're best friends. Okay, great minds think alike. So, I, I was, I didn't think they were going to be very good the year that Eric Jones won the Southern 500. I really, I did not think that was going to happen. Yes, he ran great at Auto Club that the early on in the year. Who I sound like Rory now, just pulling shit out of my ass. 
but but he ran he ran well at a number of races uh that is i guess that was 22 and then you know come to find out in 23 chevy pulls their funding they get no resources they basically suck they're they're like what ty dillon was in the 42 in 2022 uh but the whole team and um you know you got gregson as a rookie which obviously he was terrible too but i think that toyota is going to be fast period i think that legacy we saw that they could at least have one car that was fast when they had fuller funding. I don't want to say full, but they had support from Chevy and Toyota's a smaller camp. And I don't know if you guys saw the tweet from Adam Stern, but they spent the most amount of money on ad TV ads last year of any company in the world or in for NASCAR. And that just tells me, okay, they got a small camp. They got a lot of money. They do a lot of advertising. They're going to try to get those Toyotas up front. I think now, listen, this isn't the only reason I think Toyota is going to be up at the front, but it's listen, just hear me out. I think that, that, you know, it's, it's been Joe Gibbs and everybody else. And now we got 2311 on board. They've obviously won some races. They've been very fast, but I really think that legacy motor club is, they're going to be the third tier, but I really do think that they're going to be back to their 2022 ways. I think Eric Jones is going to win a race. Now it might be on a super speedway, um, but it could be Southern 500. He's obviously won there twice. He's very good there uh, on the, the worn out surface. I think Eric Jones wins a race. So I guess if you want to put a, a, a stat on it, that would be my bold prediction. But I also think that John Hunter's a wheel man. Now he's a rookie, right? Okay. He's been in the cup series, however many years ago in the, the old generation car. I don't even worry about that. I'm not even going to take that into consideration, but I think the dude can wheel a car. And I think that he's going to be consistently a top 20 guy. I think he's, you know, he's going to have some runs early on in the year. He's going to be 25th, 28th, 29th, whatever. We're going to see that. But I think overall, like when Ryan with iFantasy Race puts his season long speed ranking, that John Hunter is going to be right around that 17th, 18th, 20th range. I think he's going to have some good runs here and there, which which we did not see out of Legacy Motor Club last year. So that's why I feel like it's a bold prediction. I feel like they're going to be at least, you know, seven to uh, that's a big number. I'm going to say at least five to seven spots better than they were last year, but maybe even 10 in Eric Jones. Uh, I don't remember exactly where I put him on my my power rankings list that I also did for Ryan. Uh, but it was definitely in the mid teens. It might've been like 14th to 16th, somewhere in there. Uh, and I stand behind that. I think Eric Jones can wheel it. I think that legacy motor club's going to, you know, do very well under the Toyota banner. I think Toyota's going to be fast in general. So that's my bold prediction. I think legacy motor club goes out and, and surprises some people, which might not be that surprising considering what they did in 22. And, and then now you get the full story of, well, they got everything pulled from Chevy. They were doing it on their own, yada, yada, yada. So yeah. I just I think they're going to be they're going to be overachievers this year. Put it that way. So I'm apologize to the listeners who have now heard me say this twice this year, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> this my bold prediction that I think I'm going to take it a step further than what you have, it, and then I'll, I'll backtrack and explain. But my bold prediction actually was if you take Legacy and Spire, right, those five drivers, I think four of those drivers will finish better than SHR. Wow. As a whole. That's my bold prediction. I am very low on SHR. I'm very high on Spire and Legacy this year. I, I just think they're they are showing they want they want to go out and spend money. They want to be a, a, a better running team. Whereas SHR, like, what have we seen anything from them in the past year? They have a very I know everyone's high on on Gregson, but to me it's a very uninspiring lineup. Like I just don't their driver lineup to me is very meh. Uh 
they, you know, there's been rumors of, of Tony and, and Gene wanting to sell out potentially over the next year. There's potentially there's rumors of a manufacturer change. There's all of a sudden they have a brand new logo out of the blue. It looks like it was made on Canva overnight. Uh, like I just everything about SHRs doesn't speak good to me. Whereas Legacy and uh, Spire, man, they are just they've got money all of a sudden. Spire especially, oh, they went from a 35 employee team to a 140 employee team. Um, Legacy now. They have obviously Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is an owner. They got Matt Kenseth as their competition director, and I just heard this last week, which I don't know if this makes me feel better or worse about about uh, Legacy, but they're actually not using JGR, the JGR Alliance. They basically said we want to we want to use our own analytics. We want to use our own data. We want to we're not going to piggyback off of JGR like like twenty three eleven is. We want to kind of do our own thing. I don't know if that's bold saying like fuck off or if it's like <laughs> hey <laughs> hey you know like. We just we don't want to you know get the secondhand equipment from you guys right we want to we want to do it ourselves right uh but also to your point right one last point and I'll, i think you have a thought you you mentioned right they didn't really run that well last year eric jones had some really impressive like runs last year i mean eighth at nashville ninth at pocono tenth at michigan tenth at darlington third at kansas uh seventh at phoenix like really really good runs just kind of at, at you know, intermediate tracks that you wouldn't expect a team like Legacy to kind of pop up at. Uh, so I, I, I love, I love Legacy. I think the Toyota, I like you as well. I think Toyota's new car this year is going to do wonders for them, um, and we'll be talking about them in a little bit as well from a uh, Daytona 500 perspective. But Ooh. what do you got? I just think uh, touch quickly on Spire. Clearly, they like to spend money, and NASCAR is all about money. The only way you're going to be fast is if you spend money and you get chilies on the car and you get GameBridge. They've been on board for a while, but obviously they're sponsoring a shitload of races. And listen, at NASCAR, it, it's unfortunate in my eyes, in my opinion. I, I don't like that money drives NASCAR and money runs NASCAR. And someone, people ask me all the time, well, what makes a car fast? I'm like, well, whoever has the most money and you got to have a pretty good driver, right? So. I, I agree that Spire is probably going to be better. I don't envision the 77 or the 71 to be world beaters, but I think LaJoy's been there long enough. He's got the relationships there. He's got the relationships with Chevy. I think he's got enough experience under his belt. He's had some good runs over the last couple of years. I do think LaJoy will run better. This will be the best season of his career. I will agree with you there. Absolutely. It's just – you we've seen you know you know how colleague you know jumped the gun and they 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 are now like an eight car team over the, the two series and with Suarez yeah, yeah. you know all this stuff I I I worry that that they might get a little bit of that attention that's my too, only too worry for the riches kind of thing yeah kind of you know and 140 people listen that's a lot but that ain't no Penske with like 600 you know <laughs> I mean I get yeah. I, I get it you know they're they're going to be better I do agree I think the seven car is going to be pretty fast now you're uh. I don't know if it's good for for Legacy Motor Club. I I think long term, absolutely the best move, the right move, right? They're they're always going to be underneath twenty three eleven. They're always going to be the hand me down information to to Joe Gibbs. But you know, you go straight to Toyota. You get the data from Toyota. You hire the right guys to dissect that data, put that data into the car, the resources, the dollars the sponsorships they get all and i mean look they got dollar general they got sun secret they got all these uh, they got all these yeah companies and dollars coming in that is 100 the right move for the long term will that hinder them at the beginning of the season maybe it, it, it might you know but if they if they do have the right guys in place which i hope too many of them didn't run for the hills after the whole chevy thing happened 
I, I think that's the right move. And I think they're going to come out, you know, I don't think they, once again, they're not going to be world beaters, but I do think that as the season progresses, they are going to be fast. And, and that's absolutely a good thing for the long run. So, and when I say long run, obviously years down the road, but even, you know, halfway into the season, into the playoffs, I still think that's the right move because you don't have to go report to anybody. You don't have to, you know, be sitting there like a little puppy dog asking for a treat, you know, from JGR. You know, if if you got it, you got the juice. Go take it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And and the, I think the biggest question mark, right, for and obviously my bull bricks is bold, right? It's bold for a reason. It's it's flaming hot. Four oh, four to five drivers. I gotta touch on that too. I sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Stu- go ahead. Stuart Haas, the driver lineup, it's tough boys it's tough i get it i'm with you i'm the biggest gregson fan you know uh i mean i'll be i'll be throwing some gnarly gnarly noah gregson tickets this year which i already have one which we'll talk about uh (laughs) i will be throwing some hellacious that's the second time i've used that word on noah gregson i love the guy i love everything about him uh but they're all young you know, you Briscoe is the most vet guy they got and he i mean he's had a few good runs you know young ish yeah, oh, vet priest, like- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vet. No, I mean, like, just from an experience perspective. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, Priest has, Priest has been in the Cup Series. He's been, what? what's that? What, uh, Modifies. What's that team? No, the, the Stenhouse team. Oh, JTG. Yeah, JTG. So he's there for a while. He's a journeyman. Like, I get it. Yeah, okay, fine. He is the vet. Okay, sorry. Ryan Priest is the vet, but in my eyes, Briscoe is like the spearheader of this organization. That's just like when I see the 41 and I see Haas tooling on it, all I can think about is Cole Custer. So like Chase Briscoe, he's won a few races over the last few years. I I just feel like he's he's the guy that they need to focus around. Right. But if you say that Chase Briscoe is the guy that they need to focus on, you're like, they got a long way to go. You know, so I think the driver lineup is a, a extremely tough you know, hurdle to get over. And I, I, you guys probably heard Tony Stewart talking about a couple weeks ago, about this isn't the norm. I refuse to let this be the norm at Stewart Haas, but you know, that's all talk, right? We, we, it's coach speak. Yeah. There's nothing. That's exactly what it is. And that's probably what it always will be until, you know, we get those Fords to be faster on race day, you know, and there, and there's, there's a couple of races here and there for Stewart Haas over the last couple of years, other than Harvick, obviously Harvick's his own, his own deal. Right. Harvick and, you know, that's our own deal. But there's been a few Briscoes, won a couple, and Priest was really good at Martinsville and the Clash and here and there and Almirola on the short flats, yada, yada. And I I think that that's probably going to continue. I'm not as low as you are. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think that, you know, with Childers, maybe Barry might might be pretty good. Uh, You know, I think there's definitely a chance Briscoe comes out of his shell. As unfortunate as to say, I think Gragson might – He's probably going to struggle that 10 car, you know, maybe we got some short flats. I don't know, but I, you know, it's just, they, they're, they're in a tough position. Absolutely. Cause they have not had speed in a few years. So I get it. Well, and not only that, right. And I know we got to get to Daytona, but, um, uh, the, the body changes, right. That we're going to probably talk about when we talk about Daytona, or at least I have a point to kind of talk about it, but Toyota made a focus right to, or both, both teams, right. They took their cars and they said, what, what are we struggling at right now? What do we need to get better at? Toyota took that and said, we need to be better at super speedways. So they have this new, this new, you know, hammerhead style front of the car. It's going to supposedly help with drafting and bumping and all that. Ford said, we're not good at the intermediates. So we're going to try to fix that. 
we don't know what is that going to screw everything else up though that they were good at because they were really good, really good at super speedways and short tracks. So I'm just worried altogether for the Ford camp. Like I just I don't know what we're going to see. It's I kind of have the opposite standpoint as, uh, that I have in Toyota. So not only was I already low on SHR, but the fact that I'm now low on Ford as well just kind of drops drops the hammer on them. So that's kind of I mean, where that whole prediction came from. I understand that. Well, I don't. We don't have to dive into this, but like Chevy not changing their body style, they're pretty good. The, the top Chevy drivers are pretty good just about everywhere, right? right. It doesn't matter where we go; they're going to be good. Road courses, short tracks, intermediates, it doesn't matter. Do Do you think that? Like, I, I, even if we went back to last year, at the end of last year, before the new body style, I would have felt like, you know, Chevy is pretty good everywhere. But then, you know, Ford and Toyota, they struggle here, but they excel here. Right. What would you rather have? Would you rather be above average everywhere or would you rather be maybe really good at the intermediates and maybe lack at super speedways and road courses? Like, I don't I don't know the answer to that question. I'd say the latter. Given the fact that Logano and Blaney won the last two titles, I mean, fair. That's so <laughs> difficult to wrap your head around. So difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good question, right? I mean, like, yeah, just be good at Phoenix. There's your answer right there. <laughs> yeah. Just be good like at a Phoenix. Four races the, in the playoffs. That's it. Hope the, hope the playoff, like, yeah, hope the playoff lottery system uh, chooses you to get to the last four, and then you just dominate. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Let's let's put a book on the uh, 2024 kind of outlook here. Let's let's move on to Daytona. Uh, and obviously, Mark, you know, one of the reasons I brought you on here tonight was to kind of talk about Daytona as a whole, right? You're the guy to talk about when it comes to the, the, the Daytona 500 or Daytona in general. You know, you live not far from from the area. You've been going for forever. So let the listeners hear it. What is your background, Daytona? How many years in a row have you been going? Uh, how, when did you start going? Like, what's your earliest memory? Just give it to us. What you got? So I'm in Jacksonville. I'm about an hour and 20 minutes north. Uh, it is my favorite place on the planet. It is my favorite experience on the planet. If if like I could only take two days off of work the entire year, this is what I would choose. Uh, the last five or six years, aside from the COVID year, have just been such a spectacle. Sold out. I mean, just the, the famous people and the sheer amount of just smiling faces and people that you see and i think nascar and daytona have done a phenomenal job with the 500 sold out however many years in a row uh but i grew up uh my dad took me to the bud shootout in 2004 and that was my first ever nascar race i was eight years old and i've been hooked ever since and my dad would say you know, I've obviously spotty memory being that young, but my dad would always say that I would always ask, like, when's Daytona? When's Daytona? When, when can we go back to Daytona? I want to go to Daytona. But I didn't watch any of the other races on TV. I didn't care about it. All I wanted to do was go to Daytona. And finally, you know, he was like, you're too young. You don't need to go to the Daytona 500. It's too long, whatever, whatever. Finally, 2007, so I was 11 years old. That was my first Daytona 500. And it was the, in my opinion, greatest Daytona 500, definitely in my lifetime but ever with Mark Martin and Kevin Harvick finish and everybody in the stands is rooting for Mark Martin. I mean, there was not a single person rooting for Harvick that day and just everybody's hearts were ripped out. And I've just, I haven't missed a Daytona 500 since this will be my 17th Daytona 500 in a row, which is actually crazy. Uh, but it is, 
I, I like even in college, I went to college seven hours away from Daytona and I would, the race would end and I would get in my truck and drive the seven hours right after the race. And I, I will not miss a Daytona 500. I don't care about, I don't have any kids and Chris, you might have to correct me here, but I don't care if my wife is going into labor, I'm going to be down at Daytona. All right. <laughs> I, it's easy for me to say that now, but anyway, yeah, right, it's yeah. such a, <laughs> such a great place. Um, I just, I make it a point. I really wanted to camp this year. And this is, this is my number one suggestion to anybody that's ever thinking about going to Daytona is just go camp. And that goes for a lot of different NASCAR races, Bristol, Talladega, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, Darlington, some of the tracks that are kind of out there, go camp. Yeah. Wilkesboro. It, well, yeah, I didn't do that last year. I'm just kidding. No, seriously though. It's the best way to do it. You know, you, you can drink as much beer as you want. You can, you know, cook and hang out and stay up as late as you want. I mean, what? A, it's so much fun. You're around your best friends. You know, even if you don't know them, I went solo. Chris came and joined me at North Wilkesboro. Anyway, go camp. And so I tried to camp uh, this year, Daytona. I put my inquiry in at the end of September. And what do you know? The infield is already sold out. So I will not make that mistake again. Um, I just go. It's it's a, such a spectacle. I know that people do this hooting and hollering about the Indy 500, and I've never been. And obviously, it's the most amount of people on it for a sporting event in the world. I get it. I've never experienced it. So my top experience, my number one suggestion is to find yourself in Daytona Beach, Florida, in on the third weekend of February. So, you know, if the the if you don't want to camp, I understand you're bringing the wife, you're bringing the kids. Well, go get a hotel on the beach. Go get it's 15 minutes away from the track. You can spend the week sitting on the beach. Usually this time of year in Florida, it's warmer. Right now it's not. There's a bunch of rain. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, but you know, great bars, restaurants, Daytona beach is a, a phenomenal. It's everything that, you know, there's a reason people go there for spring break. Uh, and then my last suggestion for, the Daytona 500 to sit as high as you can listen like you know you can always walk down to the fence and see him zoom by like you don't have to watch the whole race from down there get up high you can see the airport see the plane we actually saw a rocket take off uh from cape canaveral in the summer race last year that was cool too i remember that actually i think you put that on your instagram i think i remember seeing that it's cool as shit so uh listen just just do it like i could tell you all the stories i saw my first pair of tatas down in, at the daytona 500 <laughs> when i was 12 years old my dad will never let me forget that nor my family uh so you and i have some of the fondest 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 memories of going down to daytona and if you have friends that have never been to a race or don't care about nascar which is me my friends will come down to daytona for the race so that should tell you all you need to know if you've never been so i'm Listen, I can- fired up I can I can attest that Mark has uh, seen every bit of Daytona's uh, infield as well because he also saw the infield care center last year. So uh. I did. <laughs> I did. I, shout out to Bill France, free healthcare at Daytona. So if you do, if you feel like you're having a heart attack and you are uh, at at a race at Daytona, just go to the infield care center. You don't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that up. No, but, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. I kind of forgot about it. Do they screen for pre-existing conditions before you uh, get your ticket, or you can just go in there, just general, <laughs> just get a just get a regular checkup? Dude, they wheel your ass in there. They say sign here, and then they're like, "We're gonna take care of you. Don't worry." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good." I think you just sold, uh, yeah, you sold quite a few uh, fucking things. <laughs> here in South Florida, man. But the average age is like. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, that, the thing with Daytona as well is if you're just talking the race, like, and, and Mark kind of spoke to this with the more casual audience, like, 
like it's it's can't miss. Like you're gonna get a wild finish. It's not like an event like you know. I mean, for NASCAR purists out there, we like, we like the extended green flag runs, the long, um, you know, seeing which cars are you know making up ground of 30, 40, 50 laps. But at Daytona, like these guys will be racing within hundreds, thousands of seconds of one another for 500 miles, and so you know, like no matter what happens, like last two laps at Daytona are uh, are going to be classic pretty much no matter what uh, with last lap passes and everything like that. More than likely over time if uh, history holds too. So, I so, yeah. Now that you say that, I literally, I did just talk to the casual fan, which uh, I'm sure there's not a ton, but I, I, think, I guess they're out there uh, listening to the NASCAR gambling podcast. I know that the casual fan does not listen to my NASCAR podcast. I can promise you that. But uh, yeah, dude, if you've been to other races and you're a big NASCAR fan, you've never been to Daytona, the racing – Plus, the track is so big that, like, you can have conversations with people while the cars are on the backstretch. Like, you go to other races. Me and Chris, we sat next to each other for three hours. We maybe said ten words to each other I mean, <laughs> at North Wilkesboro. So that's another perk. You know, it's it's enjoyable, and uh, the racing is just unbelievable. Now, we, we had we had some rough stretches there uh, in the next-gen car, the first couple races there. But uh, the, the playoff race in the summer was impeccable racing. There you go. All right. Well, well I, guess. I, I think, yeah, I think we, tra- we transitioned to uh, talking about this year's Daytona 500. Um, but yeah, Ian, you might've been leading right into this. I guess the last question I have before we actually get into the outright board here and we throw it to Ian is how do you typically in this day and age structure your super speedway or Daytona betting slips? Um, Cause you know us, right? You know, us a flag hunting. We are all about the outrights. Um, I know that in 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 one day of time, you you were kind of similar to us, right? You did play a good bit of outrights for Daytona, but I think that sentiment has changed. So where do you sit these days uh, when it comes to super speedways? It's changed, but it hasn't changed. Listen, some things change, some things stay <laughs> the same. All right, folks. So it, here's what I've learned. I'll put it this way. Last year, so I've had some some fun success on super speedways over the years. Hit Matt Benedetta 140 to one at Talladega. Hit Brett Holmes top three at a huge number of the same race. You know, have won countless duels and bush clashes and just I, I've gotten lucky at super speedways over the years. However, so that led me down this like false narrative of like, oh, yeah, I can handicap this. Like, I, you know, I bet on the right guys. Right. I'll make some money on super speedways. No. Last year uh, I went and, you know, we got a hotel on the beach. I'm feeling good. I'm nice and lubed up with the bush lights. And I start firing away. I mean, I got like six dual bets for each one, for each race, uh, you know, five or six for the trucks, like, five, you know, just five. And then they get to the 500 and I'm betting like driver to finish on the lead lap, top 10s, top 20s, six outrights. And uh, anyway, I tallied it up Monday morning. I went 0 for 39 between oh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, th- well, you want to talk about, betting money that you don't have and you're not willing to lose. Yeah, that was me last year at Daytona. So, yes, the answer is I'm still betting outrights, but as of this very moment, I have three outright bets. And also one thing about last year is I was doing all the research. I had the speed rankings. I had DNF percentages. I was looking at you know who rides in the back, who's in the front. I'm going to spread the wealth. I'm going to get guys that are aggressive, Blaney and Brad K. I'm going to get guys that are in the back, Truex and, and Hamlin. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really handicapping this thing. I was looking at everything under the sun, proceed to go winless. So this year, I have three bets. We're going to talk about them. 
but I'm definitely not going to go crazy, but I am literally only betting on guys I that either I like and I have to like their number too. I have to like I have to like them at super speedways and I the number also has to make sense. I'm not betting anybody at 10 to 1. I, I just I, I'm not I'm not willing to do that. Uh, just because we know we saw a rookie win the 500 a couple years ago in Cendric. We saw Stenhouse winning at 33 to one last year. I'm just not going to bet 10 to one. If you want to have at it, I'm not doing that. So anyway, yes, I've learned my lesson. I've toned it down. You know, we'll see how the races go Thursday, Friday. Maybe we've hit a couple. Maybe we get a little bit more frisky on Sunday morning. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, as of now, three bets. I'm a change man. Listen, understood. I, I I have had some good success at Super Speedways, but I've also had some really bad <laughs> runs as well. So uh, it comes and goes. But either way, let's let's go ahead and talk some bets at the, for the Daytona 500 in 2024. So, Ian, I'm going to throw it to you if, if you had any other questions before we go to the odds board. Otherwise, I'll just let you go ahead and start running down. No, I, I just got to give, I guess, a shout out to Chris. I mean, I feel like Chris kind of figured this out pretty early. Uh, and so I don't know if we like – I mean, because obviously like every week – our, our betting cards vary a little bit in NASCAR. I feel like Chris, especially like Daytona Talladega, like in the, within the first year that he was even betting, like he kind of figured out pretty fast that uh, like minus one ten is not the play um, around that. So, so we we we've been kind of so when Chris talks about like him having success, like I can I can vouch for that. I I, I want to say like Daytona Talladega have maybe been our two most profitable tracks kind of through the years. Not that we win every single race, but you know like at the odds that you're able to get in the outright market if you do hit one it can carry over for, for quite a long time. So, uh, but that brings us into the odds board where for the first time in like a NASCAR race that I can remember, there's not anyone at eight to one, no one at nine to one, no one at 10 to one, no one at 11 to one. Looking at the odds check grid, we start at 12 to one in the outright market, uh, which is very rare for NASCAR. And this look, kind of looks like a lot, like a kind of a master's futures uh, odds board to me a little bit as you kind of go through the first, three to five names here that all populate the top of the odds board. And at 12 to one on DraftKings, Brad Keselowski leads the way right alongside his, uh, his, I guess not teammate, former teammate, Ryan Blaney at also 12 to one. Denny Hamlin, of course, 12 to one, who um, my, uh, my good friend and driver, Greg Golding said was uh, the best super speedo driver he's ever seen was Denny Hamlin there. So every year I Daytona, I try to talk Chris into Denny Hamlin with that logic and uh, he hasn't been, and it hasn't been us yet. So, but three guys at 12 to 1, Kozlowski, Hammond, Blaney. I know Skybox is kind of out generally on this range. Uh, I'll go to Chris then first. Is there anyone in this range that even piques your interest at this point in the week? Or uh, are we kind of making more speculative moves down the board uh, to start our card? Uh, so the way we ended last year, right? Ford had a very clear to the eye advantage at Super Speedways. And we kind of we knew that, right? We knew that pretty early on last year that the aerodynamic advantage was in their hands. So, you know, I think we actually did bet. Like, we, we hit Ryan Blaney at Talladega, and we bet Rad, I think, at Daytona. So, like, I've, I've bet in this range before when I have a good feel on it, right? This year, I don't have that feel, right? Because Ford, a, a brand-new body, uh, we don't know if that aerodynamic advantage is now gone. We don't know. Chevy still is, is in the same exact car. And Toyota, although they have put a focus on super speedways, we haven't seen it yet. And Danny Hamlin said it himself on his podcast of, like, yes – Theoretically, we should be better at Super Speedways this year, but we don't know what it's going to feel like yet. We haven't been in the car and felt 
felt the air, right? We don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Um, so for me, although, oh, voice crack. For me, although I uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to bet Denny, uh, and I, I regret not, there was a 14 on Denny earlier in the week that I wish I would have hopped on. Um, but now being at 12, I think I'm kind of out at the moment, or at least at this early in the week until we see something like Mark said on the track. Maybe we see some duels, yeah. see some practice, and maybe we have a little better feeling about it. So at this point, I'm out. But if I had to pick one, it would have been Denny. Okay. And, and Mark, for you, Kozlowski, Hamlin, Blaney, top of the board, obviously your strategy, you, you kind of outlined earlier that you're not really interested in, in betting a 10 to 1 or, or taking up that much your, your kind of weekly budget at this point in the odds board. Is there a number where you're like, okay, that's like a little bit too far on these guys? Or are you just kind of content with, hey, if Blaney, Kozlowski, or Hamlin win, I'm going to going home with uh, with nothing but lit in my pocket. I, I am I am to answer the question. Yes, I am I am content ish going home losing my money. I, I you get you get those three guys. You could stop right there. I mean, the, the, those three guys have been the cream of the crop on super speedways the last you know. F- f- well, I guess Hamlin had his heyday of, of five, six, seven years ago, but you know he he won however many in a row at Daytona and. He's always up there. Blaney, you know, more of a Talladega guy, but, you know, won the summer race to punch his ticket in the playoffs at Daytona a few years ago. And Brad Keselowski, what he and and Busher did last year, Brad doesn't have the stats, but clearly led and and was pushing his teammate at the front for the – what felt like the majority of the super speedway races, Atlanta, Talladega, Daytona. It did not matter. The RFK boys were at the front, so – I'm I'm totally not going to shame anybody, and I wish I had the cojones. If this was 365 days ago, I'd probably at least be on Hamlin. Probably wouldn't be on Brad because we, you know, last year Brad was, you know, I mean, cream of the crop. Uh, yeah. But I, I can't disagree with with Chris's Hamlin pick. Uh, I'm I'm big on him in this year for the season, and you know, great super speedway guy. You know, sometimes I can never tell if he's going to hang out in the back and. Last year, when that big wreck happened at, at in Daytona, he, you know, they showed it on uh, what's uh, full, speed, full speed, him bailing out, you know, and and he's just got that right, and it's not going to work out every time, but I feel like Denny's got that. So if there was one guy that I had to pinpoint in those those three, or, or even at just at the top of the board, definitely Denny Hamlin. Yeah, and to kind of kind of piggyback on just the general betting process, because I don't think Chris has bet Hamlin twelve to one at this point in the week, but. This is one of the few weeks of the year where you can kind of get free information from the books in terms of, or just free information like early in the week. Whereas at a place like an intermediate, a road course, a short track, once he's got, once you see cars on track, like the next time you see odds, they're going to adjust very drastically from when they opened on a Tuesday night or Wednesday, whatever, early in the week. This week at the Super Speedway, I think, especially with this much uncertainty with the Ford and the Toyota camps, like, even if Hamill goes out there and pulls it, like he's going to go from what, 12 to 1 to what, 950, 10 to 1. Like they're never going to price Denny Hamlin at 7 to 1 at a Super Speedway or any of these guys for that matter. So it, yeah, it's 10 to it's 1, pretty, I think, will be the peak for anybody, really. What's that? I think 10 to 1 uh, Ten to one is probably the peak for anybody, no matter if they hit the pole or not. Yeah. Just because it doesn't matter. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The, the pole doesn't matter for the for the general outcome of the race. But I, I think it's, it's important to kind of at least set our leans out like early in the week. That way we can adjust accordingly. But you do have maybe more time. Um, to kind of place your bets than maybe a normal week. So uh, past the top three, though, Chase Elliott, who I know uh, Skybox was uh, very high on the last time we were at Daytona, um, <laughs> has the picture to prove it. Dory Logano joins him at 14-1 to right on DraftKings. Chris Buescher, the aforementioned Daytona, I guess, summer winner. I would say fall winner, but summer winner at 15-1. to And then Kyle Busch coming in at 16-1. to RCR, of course, was 
uh, and seemingly pole positions to take the Daytona 500 last year before late caution, um, you know, brought everything back into play. So between Elliot Logano, Busher, Bush, Skybox, is there anyone here that I've gotten to yet that you are uh, particularly gung-ho on here uh, on a Tuesday? Yes, 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 and yes. All right. And his name is Kyle Bush, baby. Okay, here's the thing. Last year, I was at the duels. I had a Kyle Bush ticket for the duel one. Uh, that was, and the, yeah, late caution, and then the restart, and then getting turned down the back. Just so much fun to watch. But yeah, I'm on Kyle Bush, and and I don't have uh, I don't have a leg to stand on here. I don't have any stats for you. I ain't got any, you know, career history. Kyle Bush Super Speedway. I ain't got nothing for you. All right, but what I do have for you is a uh, nice little Twitter poll that I put out. <laughs> And uh, we're gonna we're gonna take the uh, the Chase Elliott juice that we took from last year that did not work out because I thought NASCAR was rigged for like a week, uh, and you know I knew it needed to be a low number a guy that I liked I am I do enjoy watching Kyle Busch win races I enjoy betting on Kyle Busch I think he's one hell of a wheel man however I put out a poll it was Ross Chastain it was Brad Keselowski it was, well it was Ross Chastain because of the bush light it was Brad Keselowski because he's just a dog at super speedways. It was Kyle Busch because of what I witnessed last year in the duels. And, you know, I'm a fan of Kyle Busch. And it was Noah Gragson because he's my dog. So those are my four options. And I let the people decide what number was going to get shaved in my chest. And we're doing it a little different this year. Instead of having the hair and then having the number cut out in the hair, we're doing <laughs> the hair is the number. So everything's shaved <laughs> but the number. So that actually just happened about two hours ago. And uh, it is confirmed on my body. We're going to have to wait for the reveal for Friday morning on the Laying Coin Podcast YouTube channel. But, yes, there will be pictures floating around of me out there on the World Wide Web with a big old number eight right in my back. So well, well, I'm all over Kyle Busch. I got, I got him at 18 to 1 on uh, Bet Rivers. And I think that's probably the best number out there. I, yeah. I scoured the board. So I even saw like a 12 to one on Kyle Bush. Wouldn't touch that. There's an 18 to one on bookmaker right now. Oh God. Yeah. See, I don't want any part of that. No, I'm okay on that. Um, but 18 to one, it's a good number. I even think that if you can find that Hamlin at 14, which is definitely gone, I think 14 is probably where I draw the line. Um, 14, 15, you know, I definitely get behind. I think the final Chase Elliott number was 13 to 1 last year at uh, Daytona when I did the, the chess. So uh, we're going we're going 18 to 1 on Kyle Busch. Love, love, love Kyle Busch. And for absolutely no reason at all, his number is shaved into, into my back. And, uh, and we laid an 18 to 1 ticket. So <laughs> here we are. That's all I got for you. I just got to say, as Chris's co-host, and someone that has almost zero input in our weekly betting process in the NASCAR space. <laughs> if we if if we miss out on Kyle Bush outright when our, our fucking guest on the show has his number shaved into his chest, <laughs> there will be problems on next week's show. <laughs> well, Ian, I've got good news for you then. Because I am also <laughs> oh, in on Kyle Bush. Let's go. <laughs> Can you give me something real, please? Can yeah, you give I got the people you. I got something you. real? I got you. All right. So also, uh, thanks to our friend of the pod, Eric. Uh, he hooked me up with his Illinois numbers at Bet Rivers. He got me the 16. I didn't get the 18. I got the 16. Um, but yeah, I got some numbers for you. So uh, just without looking at numbers first, right? Let's just talk about, hey, he was the leader of the Daytona 500, champ, uh, Daytona 500 last year at the end of you know regulation, right? Before it went to overtime, he was leading the race. At the 500 miles, he was our leader. 
Chevy also, we just talked about it, right? They don't have a change in their body style. We have no question marks. We know that Chevys are good at super speedways. They know what they're going to, they know what they have. They know what we're going to see. And on top of that, RCR, RCR has always had great super speedway engines. The ECR engines have always been top notch. We saw it last year uh, from Kyle Busch. We saw it the year before from Austin Dillon. They know how to get it done at super speedways. Now you want to look at his, his track record, his super speedway track record uh, at Daytona in the last Three years, Kyle Busch has an average finish of 12th, which ranks sixth among all drivers. Now, if you look at super speedways in general in the next gen era, Kyle ranks ninth in average finish. But if you extrapolate that for just 2023, which is when he moved to RCR, third in average finish behind only Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin. The guys we just talked about being the elite of the elite, Kyle ranks right there with them. And we are seeing him at 16 and 18 to 1, as Mark just pointed out. Yeah, this I'm all over this. I, I'm I'm back in the well. We had him last year at I think 25 to one. Now we're back in the well this year at 16 to one. I, I love this eight car. I love Kyle Busch's moxie here. Uh, I, I think this this is where I want to start my card, and I feel really good about it. And I'm glad that we're joining each other. We're in lockstep again uh, on the on the podcast. So let's go, baby. Turn. It's it's almost like it's fate. Mark <laughs> Mark gets a pole with a number shaped in his chest, and. Uh, and Chris, we, we just happen to have a friend in Illinois that's able to get us the best number on the eight car at Daytona this week. So, I guess Kyle Busch, two units to start your car to win 32. Would that be a correct yeah. assumption, Chris? Okay. So, oh, no. Sorry. Hold on. No, I'm going – what is the math on this one? Hold on. Are we going 1.75 to win whatever it's that three is? Point, it's 3.125. It's because it's we're going to win 50. We're doing 10 to win 50. So. Oh, okay. So, we're uh, – yeah. It's going to be like a golf almost, like a golf outright setup. So like that a lot. All right, so Kyle Busch, 3.125 to win 50. The biggest bet we've made so far in the week. We'll see kind of what uh, what the budget holds after we get to the rest of the outright odds board. But we'll move on into the 18 to 20 to 1 range here. Kyle Larson, William Byron, Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell. Kind of this next force from 18 to 22. Um, I mean, it, to me, it kind of feels like that's the haves and the have-nots in this range. I mean, Larson and Bell, not exactly notable, uh, like don't exactly have like notable histories on super speedways, but I feel like Byron and Bubble are pretty like well accomplished for for being at this point in the odds board. I feel like this is the best parts we've gotten needed those guys for quite some time, at least at the five hundred. So, um, you do you share my opinion, Mark, on that? Uh, do you kind of lean towards a Bubba and a Byron here, or maybe can can Larson and Bell surprise in, in some fashion? These are the prime. This is the prime section of the odds board. That if you just want to strictly play numbers, this is your area, right? The eighteen to like thirty, I would say. I know it's a big section, but like you see guys like Byron and Bubba and Chastain and Truex, and I mean even though Stenhouse, he's still thirty to one on. on, I'm looking at Bet Rivers right now. I mean Bowman, not that he's done shit, but like the guys that have teammates. The guys that have been there before, Bubba's one, range shortened, but still one, always up there. Uh, Byron, how can you take a guy that has that much talent and speed and teammates, 18 to one, I mean, 19, whatever, 20, whatever it is, that this is when I'm, I'm the number, it doesn't even really matter what the name is. If the name matches up, then yeah, there's a good, I'm good betting it, but these are where you can low risk. You can put, uh, you know, very little amount of money down on it. Still have a nice little payout, and guys that have a significant chance to win. I, I would say the 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 guy that I'm most shocked about is definitely Byron. Now, 
I can't tell you the last time he won on a super speedway. I don't know if he ever has won on a super speedway, but Atlanta. 18 to one on William Byron. Say again. If Atlanta counts, he's won twice. Oh, good point. Yeah, no, Atlanta counts. Yeah, absolutely, Atlanta counts. This number is ridiculous. Thanks for bringing that. Listen, my mind is still somewhat in the offseason, so cut me a break here. You know, I haven't. Uh, the recent history is like the Jags blowing an eight and three, you know, record after week 11. So just bear with me for a second. But yeah, William Byron, 18 to one. Now we're just number seeking. Uh, uh, yeah, I would, in that range, I'd take Bubba. I mean, fuck, Byron for sure. We got you, Miller. We got you. Chris. Do you agree with that? I feel like that's kind of the the common sense take right here. But do you maybe lean more maybe towards Bubba, uh, Kyler, or Belton's range? I actually do. Uh, he had the slip up of Bubba there, but I actually do have the lean for Bubba here, and I am making the click at twenty to one on Bubba as well for the second click here. Yeah, like you said, right? This is the this is one of the the longest numbers we've seen on Bubba Super Speedway in a long time, and granted. Maybe for a good reason, right? In the next gen era, Bubba has not really had great finishes at super speedways. He's actually, we haven't, you know, he's regressed in from what we've seen typically from Bubba. But of those, of the tracks that he's been, of the races in the super speedway era, or next gen era, the super speedways, the ones that he's doing better at is Daytona. Uh, he's Daytona over Talladega and over Atlanta. He's been, he's been kind of the premier guy over, even, even we can say it as bad as he has struggled over the last three races at Daytona. He actually still has the number one average finish, which is crazy to think. Um, wow! Right. So, like, I mean, it's it's wild to think that we we've we're kind of counting him out, and yet he's still seventh in drive rating and first in average finish over the last three races, and first in his career. And not to mention next gen area, he's also third in qualifying. So we know he's going to start towards the front. He likes to be the aggressor. He likes to be up there in those top two rows. Um, and I do want to read. I've been referencing this whole this whole podcast about how I have the lean for Toyota, right? About this new body style. I do want to read this. This is straight from TRD's website when they put this out with for the new body change. This is literally straight from their article. You can go find it. I'm not. I'm not making this up out of the blue. It says, and I read. Moving down the hood towards the front bumper, we now notice a distinct flat area where the Camry lettering is located on the front. The flat area likely points to a focus on making the Camry draft better on super speedways like Atlanta, Daytona, and Talladega, which requires cars to be back-to-back. While Toyota has skilled super speedway racers like Bubba and Denny, Bubba listed first, by the way, uh, in its camp, it hasn't seen a huge success on these these track types the next-gen era. This was optimized... This has optimized the car for better drafting should it allow to be more competitive next year. Increasing car or sorry, increased Camry car counts in the field won't hurt either, which I also agree with, right? With legacy now, obviously we're really high on legacy with Eric Jones and John Hunter being also great supersputer racers and now in the mix to help push. I love the Toyotas this year. Like I said, it's unfortunate I couldn't find a Denny 14, but Bubba at 20 is is just as good, if not better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm more than happy making that click. And as as a as a I guess a podcast that watched Brad Keselowski push Chris Busher, R. Keselowski take push Chris Busher to the win last year, and Denny Hamlin being on the record saying he'd rather push his teammate to the win, or I'm sorry, push his his car to the win yeah. year 11 than his teammate. I guess now we'll see what his words are worth to quote uh, to what quote Game of Thrones a little bit there, but uh, yeah, in in the potential outcome where the 11 is behind the 23, hey, maybe uh, maybe Denny's happy to. To push Bubba in twenty three eleven to to a Daytona five hundred win the first the biggest one for that team um, potentially to to date so all right yeah I, I think we're all kind of lockstep there I feel like we're we're all kind of macro fading Larson and Bell uh, and then Byron and Bubba would be the two guys that, that you think this would like uh, in that range but now twenty five to one starts to get a little bit fun here so we kind of move past twenty five thirty this is the kind of the range where, where Mark was was leading to that you get some really solid drivers and some really really 
top tier prices. Ross Destain, Talladega winner just two years ago, 25 to 1 on, on Bargata. Uh, I believe you can still find 25 to 1 on Bet Rivers and DraftKings as well there. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., we've talked about Toyota's, their improved body style, 28 to 1 on Bet Rivers. Austin Cedric, who cashes our biggest ever ticket here at Flag Hunting on the NASCAR side of things, 28 to 1 on Bet Rivers um, as the Daytona 500 champion two years ago. And then you have Eric Jones, Ricky Stenhouse, Ty Gibbs, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, and so on and so forth. So I know I brought out like eight names there, but Chastain, Truex, Cindric, Jones, Stenhouse, Gibbs, Reddick, Dillon. I'm going to throw it to Chris first. Is um, I'm assuming I, I landed at least one name that you would have liked uh, in the outright market at this point in the week. Yeah, I, I'm not actually making any clicks in this range. I think there's a lot of guys that are, are like Mark said, right? There's a lot of appealing names that you could like here. Um, I think the obvious one, right? We've, we've kind of talked about legacy a lot tonight uh, is Eric Jones. A lot of people are on this bet. So if you're if you're kind of like the, with the fade, the public, uh, maybe you don't want this. But I know I've seen a lot of Eric Jones tickets. I, however, as much as I like Eric Jones and I love legacy, I prefer to bet him at Dago over Daytona. He's just he's better there. Um, so that's the only thing shying me away. Um, now, and I know models don't really mean much this week, but my model actually did spit out Cindric at number two, uh, which was kind of surprising. Uh, kind of stacked between Blaney and Denny. Um, so, you know, there are apparently 30s out there. I don't have access to the 30s. I'm sure I could find someone to help me get a 30, but I don't know. Right now, I'm just kind of I'm kind of waiting it out because where I'm sitting right now, I, I kind of still have three to four units at the end of the week to maybe wait for a live market or wait till we see the duels or see what whatnot. So, uh, for me, those would be my leans in this range, but I haven't made a click in this range. All right, Mark, lay it on us. So you've got Kyle Busch, and I don't I don't believe you've bet Byron, although you maybe have thought about it eight eighteen to one. I have not bet by I have not bet Byron at this moment, but uh, if I can, yes, I, if I you know have a couple more Bush lattes and I keep staring at that eighteen to one Byron number, it's probably going to get bet. So no, I haven't bet it yet, but uh, the Discord, my our Discord. The NLD Discord will be the the, the place to find it. Um, so in this range, we talked about Truex, and uh, I'm staring at 28 to one on Bet Rivers. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately down in Florida, I got Hard Rock and uh, the other ones, and uh, <laughs> both of them are offering 20 to one on Martin Truex Jr. And I'm just gonna let Chris's explanation on the Toyotas be also be my explanation because that sounded really good and uh, Toyota Racing Development. Uh, published on the website, we are going to be better at super speedways. So why not just make your biggest bet of the Daytona 500 on Martin Truex Jr. And uh, my two-win number is in the five figures if Martin Truex Jr. wins this race. I cannot believe that his number is this large. Okay? I took 20 to 1, and he's at 28 to 1, 25 to 1 certain places. I love Martin Truex Jr. because if you, you nobody can tell me that there's a di- other than finishes and and like I said when we when you asked me if I was changing anything or learned anything or whatever like finishes do not matter to me I, I like I, I know it does for some people and it works for people most people really I mean it, it works for people on super speedways and it used to work for me but I refuse to go through put all those hours in researching models this that this guy finishes great this guy never dnfs bubba wallace has the top average finish i get it that those are all good and important things me i'm just not gonna put myself through that ever again so i scroll the board i see a number i like a guy that was 
three feet away from beating Denny Hamlin in the 500 six years ago, seven years ago now. Martin Truex Jr. Buddy, it's it might be his last 500. Who knows? Toyotas are going to be fast. He's been there before. He's been at the front. He's a smart guy. He's I don't envision him being at the front, duking it out on lap 102. You know, with the rest of these guys, I think he's going to be there at the end. Uh, I am very. I have a very large wager. My largest wager of the season, I guess, so we can start it that way. And largest wager of the weekend, Martin Truex Jr. at twenty to one. I wouldn't take it any lower than that. Uh, but I'm staring at a twenty-eight to one on Bet Rivers. So if you have access to anything over twenty to one, slam a jamma MTJ time. Bass Pro Shops going to be looking sexy out there. Yeah, as uh, as two fellow U.S. citizens with uh, no access to Bet Rivers except our DraftKings. I can find I can find you a pretty widely available twenty five to one uh, if you guys want it. So that'll do, Donkey. Just uh, just a heads up there if you guys want to hit us in the DMs or figure something out there. But uh, okay, let's let's go past thirty to one here into the real fun part of the odds board um, where I like to live at Super Speedways. Um, Austin Dillon thirty three to one here on Bet Rivers as well. Uh, you can also find thirty to one on DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, etc. But talked about RCR. He was right there alongside um, Kyle Busch down the stretch last year. Obviously, won the spring race. Uh, cast us, cast a few of us in the few of us in the community a couple tickets there just a year and a half ago or so. Alex Bowman. We talked about kind of the the drafting partnerships that we project at the top of these uh, top of this field. Bowman, you know, has uh, has every chance of kind of being right alongside his HMS teammates. Thirty five to one to win. That feels like a solid bet. Uh, McDowell past uh, they've had a Daytona 500 champion 40 to one, Briscoe 40 to one, uh, Josh Berry 45, Suarez 45, Priest 50. Uh, I feel like we're kind of running out of steam there after the first kind of couple of names there, but uh, throw it to Mark first here, man. So you've got your two biggest positions on, on Bush and Truex. Are there darts you want to throw here, maybe past 30, or are you maybe just leaning into your two horses there with the eight and 19? There's definitely darts that I'm that I'm going to be throwing here. I do have a Gragson fifty to one ticket uh, okay. on Hard Rock that I did bet, and strictly, like I said at the beginning of the show, strictly because I love Noah Gragson. That paint scheme or that wrap, sorry, excuse me, is looking sexy. It looks like his Xfinity car that he won all those races in, and I, I, nothing better than than your favorite driver winning in person there and, and cashing a ticket on it. I mean, there's simply nothing better. And that is the only reason that I have bet Noah Gragson at 50 to one, not nearly as big as the true X ticket, but absolutely a little more than a dart on Gragson, but for obvious reasons, and I'll let Chris do the explaining. Uh, I, well, I don't know who he's on, but I think, you know, how can you look past LaJoy at 60 to one? I would even play that at 50. I would even consider playing it at 40. If, I mean, if, God, God knows he goes out there and, you know, balls out at the duels and they 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 dock him to 40. I'd still probably take Corey, a flyer on Corey LaJoy. I love me a little top fiver action on LaJoy. I think I got an eight to one out there. If you can get a 10 to one, that's even better. Um, you know, for shits and gigs, I think it'd be a little fun. You know, throw five bucks on Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, 10 bucks, 25 bucks, throw it on Jimmy Johnson. I think that'd be fun. Um, unfortunately for us, the days of someone that's a hundred to one to win at a super speedway, I believe are over unless the whole Justin Haley rain lightning thing, Kurt Busch thing happens. Yeah. I don't think any of these guys have a chance. Grala, 
I mean, Hemrick, eh, maybe 80. I mean, he's in probably decent equipment, average equipment. You know, he's going to have some Chevy teammates up there. Alfredo, don't even want to – I've bet way too many Beard Motorsports cars in the past to even sniff 150 to 1 on Alfredo. Don't even think about McLeod. But, you know, no interest in David Reagan coming off the street, doing one race a year. You know, Riley Herbst ran very well. Was it the 500 last year? Yeah, it was the 500 Mm -hmm. last year, top 10 finish. I get it. Lightning's not going to strike in a bottle twice, whatever the term is. Um, but it, for for my money and my money's sake, it's Gregson. It's it's a LaJoy top five ticket. I would love if somebody else put the money on LaJoy to win because I've lost way too much money on him, as have everybody else that have bet on him in the outright market. Uh, but he's been there, especially at Atlanta, you know, and he's been there at Daytona a couple times with, you know, being in top three or four late in the race. So, uh, I always love my like revenge Harrison Burton ticket too. I've 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 had a couple of those. I wouldn't mind. We've tried that. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Try been there. Didn't work. Uh, I don't mind a, a Harrison Burton top forward because the the top the top manufacturer bets I don't hate if you can get a pretty big number on on some of these guys lower in the board just because you know the the manufacturers are going to be racing next to each other and the, there's a eight car pileup 10 car pileup i mean you could have all of penske taken out boop just like that and then it's yeah. like oh shit it's harrison burton versus i don't know whoever the hell else mcdowell and priest and the rest of shr and it's like well we, we got a one in five shot here so yeah um I, th- that's that's really what I'm looking for this this low in the board. I'd say Gregson LaJoy. And then if you wanted to take some of these guys in the prop markets, a top five, you know, a top manufacturer, that's where I'm really looking at with these guys lower on the board. Okay, Chris, past 30 to one here, man. We got uh, we got the likes of Austin Dillon. We have the likes of Alex Bowman. I'm going to continue to bring up until you guys affirm my suspicions. <laughs> uh, Briscoe McDowell, Barry Suarez, et cetera. All the way down the board. Any moves here? It sounds like you're pretty content to maybe go to the top, to maybe leave some for the top, but you know, still some room in the budget if you want to make some speculative plays here at 30, 40 to 1. You know, Mark Mark named a lot of the games I have interest in. Like I think a Jimmy ticket is fun. I think even Jimmy for pole is fun, right? Like the storyline pole bet uh on Jimmy Johnson, I think could be really fun. Um Almondinger, I think is, is a good one. Um oh god, you listed somebody else that I thought was interesting as well. Um Dylan whatever Briscoe. oh lajoy lajoy i think is, is a fun one so there's a lot of ones that are down there that i'm really considering but the only one that i've actually clicked and i did click this two weeks ago is the first my very first click was ryan priest actually at 50 to 1 um which you know you're probably hearing this you're thinking you're betting on the guy that had the most gruesome crash at daytona but actually that's part of the reason why i betting him right this dude is such a dog that he had that wreck came out with two black eyes was all banged up and yet I he's not going to be gun shy. Like he is he is not afraid to go right back in the well and do it all over again. Um uh, I know I know we don't know what we're gonna see from Fords yet, but if you got a, if you want a guy who's records or checkers, right? We we saw a records or checkers guy win it last year in Stenhouse. Priest is kind of that next records or checkers guy. Um in his last six super speed races, he's only finished two without crashing out. But in those two, he finished fourth and eighth. So when he makes it there, he's there, he's there at the end. Um and like I said, obviously, you know, it, when it comes down to it, he's not going to be afraid to, to put his body on the line to to, to really project himself to the, to the finish there. We're at fifty to one. Most books have him at like forty to one. Uh, there are still there is still a fifty out there if you can find it. Uh, three six five has one. Just which, sorry. Uh, three six five. Yeah, three yeah. Three six five is what I see. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that's my last outright click for the week. Um, but I do want to talk about one other market that I do typically like to bet uh, for super speed super speedway races. We don't always get this market, but when we do, I like to bet it. And it's the driver to lead a lap market. Oh. Um, I think me and Ian we hit a Stenhouse one last maybe two years ago or last year. Uh, it was like plus money to lead a lap, um, and we were able to we were able to find that one. I did run uh, just like a really quick model of like the guys who have led a lap at a super speedway in the last two years. So basically in the next gen era. Um, so, right. We're talking about, was this eight different, yeah, eight different races here. Just some guys to look out for. I'm sure the numbers are not going to be good on them, but uh, Kyle Bush is eight for eight. He has led a lap at every single super speedway. Joe Logano is seven for eight. Um, William Byron, seven for eight. Uh, Denny Hamlin, seven for eight. So a lot of the guys you'd expect, right? Ryan Blaney, seven for eight. But some, some other ones that are kind of notable, Kyle Larson, five of eight has led a lap. So you might, you might be able to find a number on him somewhere. Um, uh, Mark uh, Harrison Burton, four of eight, has led a lap at. Ooh. Probably could find it. Probably could oh. find a number on him somewhere. You know, what, you know what? You know what a good angle for this is. Actually, I was gonna say, you know what a good angle this is. Like drivers that are like not really a part of like a big team because like they are more incentivized maybe to stay out with the pack that's yeah. running latest. Yeah. Um. Obviously, not going to stand by themselves because you need drafting partners. But like, oftentimes, I do feel like the JTGs and the Wood Brothers, like they're the ones that hang back, like end of stage one when everyone's pitting or end of stage two when everyone's pitting, just to, just to you know lead a lap and they, you know they they maybe are more willing to roll the dice without like you know without like the the paddock of four hundred cars that are all going to always pit together JGR etc. So that's not, that's not only that, but like you, you see guys that maybe. F- they're on the outside lane and they don't they're the Fords are pitting right and they're maybe on the outside lane they can't quite get to that inside lane to really they don't want to jeopardize a wreck so they just kind of stay out they're like okay we're just gonna pit with the Chevys right we saw yeah. Briscoe do it last year in the 500 we saw somebody else pitted with the Toyotas that wasn't a Toyota um so yeah like names like that for sure are guys to look out with another obviously name we just talked about but Eric Jones six of eight he's also led so he'd be a name that would fit that kind of prerogative as well so if you have access to that market I know it's not always the best numbers, but you can sometimes find some diamonds in the rough for guys that you know can at least get up to the front and, and lead a lap, whether it's they're good at super speedways or, like Ian said, right, they're on a team where they're willing to stay out just to, you know, try to get that advantage. So, Just to take the photo ops, you know, just, I mean, because they got to have something on the shop walls. Like, why not have the scoring <laughs> pile on Daytona and have, like, your car's number at the top of it? Like, that's that's worth something <laughs> there. So we've reached the point where we're, we're discussing um, potential – shop decorum on the podcast <laughs> angle. So I think it's time to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, Mark, first of all, thanks all for thanks. Thanks very much for joining us, man. You did great for your first, uh, your first NASCAR podcast in, in a few months there. Uh, go ahead and wrap up the betting card. Tell us where you can, where you can find your content this year, obviously at Skybox NASCAR post to land coin. Uh, but I, I understand you guys have some, some pretty interesting developments here in the works for 2024. Yeah, man, we're doing, uh, yeah, Twitter, at Skybox NASCAR. By the way, you will never hear me call it the current term, the current name of that app. It will always be Twitter, at Skybox NASCAR. Um, We have a Discord. It's in my profile. It's called the Non-Loop Data Discord, and our buddy Zach Highline Betting uh, is the numbers guy. He's the stat nerd. He puts all the stuff together for us, and it makes my job so, 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 so easy. Uh, not necessarily super speedways because I don't really care, as you've heard for the last hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, which I apologize to some people and the the other people that uh, yeah I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but you know, once we get past Atlanta, then then we'll have some really good stuff, some some intellectual thinking and and thought provoking stuff uh, on the Landcoin podcast. We drop the 
each every week Friday at 9 a.m. We got a YouTube channel. You can stare at my ugly ass face and my Fu Manchu that's coming this weekend. And um, yeah, man, I just I appreciate you guys listening I, to the words that blabble out of my mouth. Um, we also do have some some T-shirts and koozies. So if you want one, I haven't I haven't got up off my ass to uh, to make us an online store yet. But if you want one, I got some sizes left. Shoot me a DM. Twenty five bucks. Comfort colors. And we'll throw a koozie in there too. How about that? So, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, it feels nicer to knock the rust off to to a non exhibition race because last week or two weeks ago before the clash, we were kind of just dicking around and and having fun and, and throwing some wagers. So, uh, I'm fired up to get back to the swing into it. I appreciate the invite and uh, let's win some fucking money this year, boys. That's right. And I and I can kind of attest. We, we've kind of talked about like introducing casual fans to NASCAR with with a Daytona 500. Um, like, I don't even think you have to be a NASCAR fan to listen to Lane Corn and get enjoyment. Like, fucking Mark and Roy are just, like, evergreen content. I don't give a fuck what they're talking about. I'll, I'll tune in. So, you guys could release, like, 500 shows a year where I would listen to every single one of them. So, um, so obviously, like, you guys subscribe to that podcast. Obviously, if you listen to this, you guys probably already know who Mark and Roy are. Um, but, yeah, stay tuned for, for both his and Chris's betting cards. We're both all in on Kyle Busch together. Uh, Mark signing with William – or, I'm sorry, Mark signing with Martin Truex. Chris at this as at the present moment with Bubba Wallace and Martin Ryan Priest. Uh, but as always, their full betting cards will be released as the week goes on. Still uh, five days until the start of the Daytona 500, and uh, plenty, I'm sure, will change in the betting market in that time. But, man, Mark, best of luck again. Thanks for your time. We'll see you soon, man. I'll, I'll definitely see you next month for the players. Maybe you can talk a little golf with us on flag hunting. Yeah, and- baby, we'll make it happen. Appreciate you guys. Right.